afternoon, everybody. This is Grant Hedefin coming at you from Nautic Ed. And today uh, we've got some special guests. And uh, one apology, we don't have Captain Kevin on board with us today. He's a bit under the weather. Give your get well wishes to Kevin. So we're going to roll with this. This is going to be a really great podcast today because it's a destination podcast and it's a destination that you really everybody uh, needs to know about and it's a destination that is just often overlooked and that destination is key west uh, in very 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 south of florida it's a fantastic location i've been down there um, and not only the sailing location but key west is just this fantastic little town um, and so what i've done is got on the line today we've got scott meyer and Tyler Martin from Blue Sail, and these guys are going to go through some really good itineraries. They're going to talk about um, where you should go down there, some of the favorite restaurants, some favorite anchorages. So this is going to be a really good podcast on that of information that you need to know um, and just start putting in your head. Hey, you know what? That's a really great uh, chartering destination that we can get to, we can drive to, we can fly to easy um, and just have some fun. So, all right, so um, welcome on the show, Scott and Tyler. Um, why don't we start talking about the location and, and everything? So, um, Scott, why don't you head it off? Perfect. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks for having us. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, we're excited to be here. Um, so, so Key West, uh, awesome destination. We, we like to say it's like uh, going to the Caribbean, uh, but without leaving the United States, which uh, makes it perfect for, for right now in history. Um, we are located uh, about, what is it, Tyler? About 175 miles down the Keys from Miami, give or take a little bit. Yeah, I think you nailed it right on the head. Um, and we are the southernmost point of the United States, and we are a very small island. It's about 4.2 miles long. Um, so everyone knows everyone, uh, but it's a really, really great place to check out Charter, uh, uh, check out uh, various Key West uh, destinations, both by, by land and by sea. Um, our fleet, uh, we currently we have uh, five boats in our fleet. Uh, uh, but the charter boats that we have are all mon are all uh, catamarans, uh, primarily three primary catamarans. We got a Helia 44, which is about a 45 foot three cabin three head catamaran. Uh, we have uh, two Lucia 40s, which are also Fontaine Peugeots. Uh, one of them is a three cabin two head, and the other one is a three cabin three head. Uh, and those are really our primary sailing vessels uh, that we use both for bare boat charter, where you would go. Uh, either without a uh, captain or skipper, uh, where you sail it yourself, uh, or as the case is, I would say probably 90% of the time is most of our guests will hire a bareboat captain like uh, like Captain Tyler here. Uh, hey Scott, well look, and it's Grant, I'm just going to jump in here because a lot of times uh, people, you know, you talk about a charter um, destination or a charter company and you really don't know what kind of condition the boats are in so i've stayed um, on your boats i've seen your fleet and you know they're all modern scott does an amazing job of looking after the boats and so he gets kudos from any uh, charter uh, guest that we send down there to um to go sailing so i just want to jump in scott and say that so kudos to you for that one no oh, thanks a lot you know, it, it, you know when, we, when we started the business uh, about just about three years ago, we were conceptualizing it actually at this moment, three years ago. Uh, and one of the things that we wanted to do differently was we wanted to pump each of the vessels in our fleet up with preventative maintenance because nobody likes to go on charter and have maintenance issues. They're, they're on vacation. Uh, so all of our owners agree to put in quite a bit of maintenance, sometimes a couple thousand dollars each month 
just to make sure that that you know if you do have problems while you're underway, they're typically very very minor and very fixable. Hey, that's a really good side topic, actually. Sorry, I'm jumping in again. Um, because, you know, a lot of people don't really know all the ins and outs and nuts and bolts of, of uh, putting a boat into charter, right? So it seems like a great idea. Um, and it is a great idea to put a boat in charter, but you really have to know who you're putting it in charter with and what are they doing to your boat, you know, while you're not there and they're chartering it out. And so um, having a company like Scott, like what you just said, is, is actually setting aside a budget and, and taking some of the money that it generates and putting into uh, mandatory maintenance is uh, just a really, really, really good idea. And so your boat gets looked after better. So just sort of as a side note, if you're ever putting a boat into charter, you know, that's one of the big questions you want to know. Don't try and go cheap into it. If they say, well, you know, you're going to make all this money and, and um, the, the maintenance is, is voluntary, you almost want to go with a company that says, no, no, we, we actually demand that you have a maintenance uh, schedule and program. Uh, to look after your boat yeah and and you know a lot of it you know to tie that back to like some of our itineraries which i may want to want to talk about a little bit is uh you know what makes the keys and, and tyler can talk about this a little bit as well what makes the keys very unique is that um it, it's a it's a marine sanctuary so when you leave key west you're basically whatever you have on your boat is what you have there's there's really nowhere to stop along the way other than uninhabited islands uh, even going all the way out to our furthest destination, which is the Dry Tortugas, which is about 70, 70 to 75 miles uh, to the west. Um, even at the Dry Tortugas, which is part of the National Park Service, uh, there are a couple of park rangers there, and that's it. You, To my knowledge, I don't even think you can buy a bottle of water there, uh, let alone maintenance parts and supplies or find a mechanic. So for us in particular, it's extremely important that these boats are in outstanding shape because once the boat leaves on charter, uh, if there's a big problem, uh, you know, we could have trouble getting the boat back um, or going out, you know, getting towed, which is, you know, never a cheap proposition. Um, you know, so uh, which literally leads me into uh, one of our itineraries that, that you know, we uh, I would say we get requested very, very often, uh, which is really the longest one we have. Uh, we call it the Hidden Keys Island Explorer. Um, it's part of our collection of packages, and that one goes all the way out to the Dry Tortugas. Um, at the moment, you can only do that on bare boat, which means you rent the boat and you, uh, and then you either hire a skipper or you qualify yourself uh, to take the boat out on your own. Uh, and it's that's at least five days. We usually say five days, uh, six nights, or more um, is typically what you want to do. A lot of people will call and ask for one day there and back, and. Unfortunately, we don't have a, a power boat that can go 30 knots. Otherwise, we would definitely do a there and back uh, type of trip. But uh, sailing is quite an adventure. And I think, uh, Tyler, if you want to talk about some of the some of the destinations you can see both on the way there and on the way back, um, as well as the Tortugas themselves, because the Tortugas is obviously a a, uh, a destination, multiple yeah. destinations in, in and of itself. Yeah, it's really, uh, you know, the Fay Drachtertugas trip and the, the Hidden Keys um, kind of itinerary is one of my favorite itineraries. A, because it's you really get to take the time to enjoy the trip, but also you really get to see everything that the Keys has to offer from a sailing standpoint. We hit all the great destinations. Um, you know, we start off, we leave Key West, and, uh, you know, we start heading towards the Marquesas, which in its own is just surreal because... It's considered one of the more remote destinations here in the Keys. 
Uh, you don't see a lot of boats out there. It's um, completely uninhabited and the islands are, are, there's many, many islands together. So you just get this feeling of vastness. Um, it's dead quiet except for the wind out there. And it's just a few fishermen come to call it a place to sleep at night for a little bit and they're, they're gone by dawn and you have the whole place to yourself. So it's right off the bat, you're starting the trip with, uh, it's just peaceful. You know, you, you leave the hustle and bustle of Key West and you slowly leave it behind and it sinks over the horizon. And, and uh, yeah, the Marquesas are just this, uh, you could spend a weekend there on its own, but if we're going to the Dr. Tugas, then we basically wake up the next morning and we start heading there. So we've got about from the from the Marquesas to the Dr. Tugas, we've got oh, the better part of a day. It's probably about another, um, you know, seven or eight hours. So we leave in the morning and kind of get there by the uh, afternoon. So, um, and I always like to play the uh, first one to spot land, uh, get some sort of, you know, prize like a candy bar or something like that, because it's it's kind of cool. You know, you can, the, the horizons, you can see about seven miles out, but there's a, there's a uh, lighthouse, uh, loggerhead key that kind of sticks up. So about 10 miles out, I start getting the students or, or charter guests uh, kind of ready to spot land. So it's kind of a fun game to play. It's always exciting. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then it's just really cool because now you just came from basically open ocean. There's just, there's really, you can't see any lands for, for many, many hours. And, and next thing you know, uh, there's this giant fort and lighthouse and these keys that are in the middle of nowhere. It's, it's something special. And um, cool. so Tyler, it's uh, a lot of people, you know, sort of get a little bit scared of you going along and all of a sudden land has sort of disappeared on all sides of you. Right. Right. <laughs> so, well, you know, it's kind of something keys, it's kind of like, a, it's kind of like boiling a frog slowly, right? Because the keys are so low lying people don't usually notice once you kind of start getting away from the shore land gets small real quick and people are kind of fine with that and then all of a sudden they're like we're built and uh so it's uh, it's fun so i i luckily i haven't had the really the reaction people kind of always accept that being away from land uh, yeah. so it's kind of fun and then so how many miles um so so key west out to macasas so um uh how many miles is that one that's about 25. Okay. 25 miles from, from Stock Island. So right. it doesn't sound like a long way in, in, you know, car miles, but, uh, you know, sailing miles, it's, it's, uh, yeah, the cell phone shut off and, and you can see the stars at night. So it's, it's great. That's a good day. And then, um, so, and then is there any land between the Macasas and, and Dry Tortugas at all? No, there's not. There's no lands. Uh, there's a few shoals. Uh, Rebecca Shoal is, is one of the, the well known ones. And, Kind of a little structure kind of sticking out of the water but there's no actual dry lands it's it's another uh let's see uh 40 something miles yeah, 45 so, miles to uh, uh Tugas. yeah so that's a big day sailing so this is one of the itineraries that you know if you want to do long distance sailing um this is the itinerary you want to do but um if you want to do some shorter uh, itinerary, shorter sailing days. There's some other itineraries we'll talk about in a minute. But, um, oh, yeah, yeah. And then a lot of people always uh, get a bit concerned about the keys because of shallow water and reefs, and um, you know, making sure they they don't want to hit the bottom, and and um, you know that gets right. people a little bit nervous. So just talk about that real quick. Yeah, well, the keys are known for shallow water, but um, you know, it takes some time to get accustomed to the area. I'm not from here originally. So, you know, when I moved down here, uh, about almost coming on my sixth year here, um, came down in 2015. Um, 
yeah, it took me, so it was a learning curve. You know, there's, there's a lot to kind of get accustomed to and, and wasn't sure if I could trust the charts much. Um, wasn't sure about how to approach the reefs properly. Um, there's kind of a lot of unknowns now that I've, you know, spent, you know, five full-time years sailing in the area. I feel pretty confident. I feel like I've, I've, I've seen and done just about everything and, and, uh, very much feel like I, I know the place like the back of my hand, but yeah, it would be, it would be a challenge to to show up here and kind of get to know the area on a weekend. All right. So somebody and, really, yeah. uh, oh, go ahead, Scott. Sorry. Uh, yes, it's actually one of the reasons why we have such a, a little bit of a longer list of bareboat, uh, local bareboat captains that, that we refer our guests to, because we actually do get quite a bit of people who, uh, do have some or, or a lot of sailing experience, but because the keys are so unique and because it, they do present a lot of challenges, a lot of underwater hazards, a lot of shoaling, you know, when a, when storm season passes, you know, shoals move around a little bit. Um, and, and there's guys, you know, like captain or like, like Tyler, uh, on our referral captain list that, that know the geography really, really, really well, uh, and, and are able to stay you know far away from any hazards. Uh, so we do get a lot of folks that, and sometimes they want to come down several times over several years. And the first time they come down, they want to hire a local captain to give them the lay of the land. Uh, and then they'll, you know, they'll, they'll keep their tracks like on their Navionics app, for example. And then they come back down again and they, and they'll bear boat the boat uh, on their own the next time. Right. So you, do you allow people to bear boat um, with your charter boats out to the dry tortugas Because if they're ridiculously experienced, I mean, sailed around the world 10 times, um, could, could a person bear boat charter out the dry tortugas? Yeah, that's a great question. So the, the answer is definitely yes. Uh, although we have some of the highest qualification standards in the country. Um, we are, our qualification standards are aligned with the Nautica SLC uh, rubrics assessment. Uh, so we require either uh, an SLC um, or a, a, a resume packed full of experience that is commensurate with the SLC. Uh, in addition to a competency verification, which is about a three to five hour checkout sale, uh, where we'll run you through the paces. And we always, we use the Nautica rubrics assessment for the SLC to do that. And we, we tell them, hey, here's your study guide and we will have you perform any one of these 50 skill sets across these six categories. Um, and, and you have to pass all of the critical items in order to take the boat on your own and go to the dry tortugas. Um, and uh, you know, especially during the summertime, during storm season, we're, we're very, very strict about all those skill sets, especially the dry tortugas, because, uh, you know, once you're out there, you're 70 plus miles away. And uh, the only thing you have is your VHF radio and and uh, and and your provisions and your skills. Yeah. And that's it. Well, and I commend you on that. There's too many charter companies out there that give people boats and everybody knows they're called credit card captains. Right. So um, people yeah. should be uh, certainly happy that you're doing that even if you're experienced um you know look at it as as he's a responsible um charter company doing the right thing so okay good um all right so um navigation you need to know what you're doing if you're going out the dry tortugas um all right so tyler let's sorry let's carry on with that um that whole itinerary because we want to get through this yeah yeah so um so the dry tortugas is, is definitely our, our, our longest uh, destination, our furthest destination. So we usually have the longer charters out there, but there are, there are definitely um, shorter options that, that encompass other places. And um, yeah, there's just so many cool uh, little islands and keys and reefs and little hidden beaches. Um, 
and there's the fishing is awesome too. So the, the type of activities kind of vary with the destinations. And I kind of try to hit a bunch of reefs and fishing on the way to these places. Um, so, um, going back to the Dr. Tugas though, it's really fun because the park is kind of segmented in a couple of different areas. So you have some really, um, biologically sensitive areas that they kind of keep protected and you can't fish or anchor, but then they do have sections of the park where you can definitely engage in some really awesome fishing and kind of go anchor and explore and do some, you know, snorkeling and diving on your own, but, uh, just a jam packed with fun times out there. So let's talk about wow. snorkeling. Um, yeah. so coral colors, lots of fish, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Believe it or not, you know, we're, we're so lucky being here in the United States, continental U S and being able to enjoy, uh, coral reef systems. It's, it's definitely my favorite thing. My absolute favorite thing about living down here. And, uh, I'm spoiled rotten now. I, I, <laughs> I don't think I can live in a place if there's not a coral reef in the backyard anymore. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, it is definitely one of the coolest things about the Florida Keys and, um, you know, it's just nothing beats the experience of being in the water and being able to sh share your experience with these different animals like dolphins and turtles and rays and sharks and moray eels. I mean, the list goes on and on. You never know what you're going to see. Um, and, you know, and now's the time to do it. You know, our oceans are in trouble and, um, but we still do have some pretty healthy reefs down here in the Keys and it's, uh, definitely want to come and, and take advantage of what we have left. You know, Tyler, when, when I know a couple of weeks ago, uh, you and I were, were, uh, were on a trip, uh, and we, we went to San Key lighthouse, mm, uh, yeah. which is, uh, depending on, on, uh, on your, your itinerary, it's either on the way to the Tortugas or on the way back, if you have time to stop at it. Um, and I remember when we got there, uh, first of all, you could see the, the water was crystal clear. I mean, you could see 30 feet plus down, uh, and that was from standing up on deck on the boat. Uh, but we were able to go out to San Key Lighthouse, uh, which how, how far is San Key Lighthouse from, from the uh, marina? Yeah, from the marina. I think it's only about, I think it's only about seven miles from the marina. Yeah. Something so like you could stop there on the way or on the way back. And they've got mooring balls out there, which is really cool. And what we all did out there, we just went for a day of fun, uh, kind of, uh, you know, partied out there like a local. Uh, with a little day sail out to Sand Key, and uh, we had stand-up paddle boards, we had the snorkel gear out, and uh, I actually saw you and one of the other uh, bareboat captains that's on our list. Uh, you guys, it looked like you took your weight belts and your and your uh, flippers, and you guys went off off the beaten path. Where where did you go? Oh man, that was fun. That was great. Uh, yeah, like you said, the water was super clear. We've just been having amazing clarity in the water lately, and I think a lot of people are attributing it to the lack of cruise ships. Um, the cruise ships stir up a lot of sediment when they come in and out of the channels and, um, you know, it can be, uh, Key West can hold up to three cruise ships at a time. So it's been really sweet to have the level of visibility that we've been having. But anyway, yeah. So, uh, Jack, our other captain, my colleague and I kind of went out into deeper water and Rock Key has a really amazing drop off a sloping portion of the reef. And, and, uh, we kind of slowly started doing some free dives and, um, Jack was, uh, was down. He, we, we, uh, were pushing 60 foot dives. So it was a fun day. It was really fun to be out there playing in such crystal clear water and diving so deeply. With a big set of fins, right? <laughs> big set of fins. You got to, to it. Get yeah. to 60 feet. Yeah. That's free diving guys. That's free diving. Free diving yeah. <laughs> nice. And, um, and, uh, catching fish, um, spear fish, uh, cook it up on a barbie. 
Yeah, all sorts of fishing, spear fishing, uh, bottom fishing, trolling. So um, depending on the captain, I'm always trying to keep things uh, lively and fun. And, and uh, fishing is a great way to enjoy uh, the natural resources in the Keys and get you close to nature. But it's also a great way to uh, keep the uh, barbecue full. As, as a uh, professional captain, Tyler, I imagine that you can whip up a pretty mean um, fish uh, dish on the on the boat. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've 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 perfected. Uh, you know, you gotta you gotta approach every little species differently. You know, some fish likes to be filleted, some fish likes to be cut in the steaks, and you never know what you're gonna get. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a it's a challenge to you know cook uh, fish and seafood for you know a large number of people. But um, yeah, you just get creative. You know, cooking on a boat for so long and and uh, yeah, it's been fun. And the guests are always really interested in seeing how I cook fish because um, since it's something that I do often, I've got to yeah, just keep it simple, but there's a few tricks. So I'm always, I always have fun kind of giving the, giving the guests a little lesson in seafood preparation, how it's done locally in Key West. Right. All right. So we've got this one itinerary um, that goes out to, you want to round that itinerary up going out to Drautugas and back and a couple of little spots, and then we'll move on to a couple of other itineraries. Yeah, yeah, basically, um, it, and the great thing about the Dry Tugas is it's kind of a, a, you have a couple options on the way back. You can either, uh, depending on the, the wind and the weather, is kind of, of course, affects all of us, but we can either come back to the Dry Tugas or we can even, if we got a little extra time, we can even make it to Boca Grande. Um, so there's a few destinations we can hit up on the way back, but, um, and of course, you know, re hitting up reefs and, and fishing along the way. So I was trying to kind of keep it fun on the way um boca grande is our is our closest key so um uh for trips that are going to be a little bit uh <clears throat> shorter actually you know one thing i forgot actually going back to the dry tortugas one of the really awesome things about the dry tortugas is we actually have a few options within the park um one of my most favorite destinations there's another island called loggerhead key and for any of you who have actually seen pictures of dry tortugas you've obviously seen the fort but then you may have noticed there's these really beautiful pictures of this awesome lighthouse and this palm fringed island and that's loggerhead key and i think it's just one of the most uh it's i think it's the prettiest island of florida keys that's my opinion uh it's very very bahamas like you've got a coral reef right off the beach which is very rare for uh the keys um you kind of get that stuff from the bahamas but most of the stuff from the florida keys is more of a barrier reef system but uh loggerhead has uh the experience that you get in other places like the Bahamas. So I always try to make a large emphasis on, uh, put a large emphasis on loggerhead and keep. You know, Ty, we actually just had uh, one of our charter guests who actually is, is uh, from one of our charter sales partners, his name's Wiley. Uh, he just took one of our boats out about maybe six weeks ago or so. Uh, and he got some of the most incredible photos from the uh, dry tortugas. And, and the photo we posted, I think on Friday on our Facebook and Instagram page, it's a it's an aerial shot of Loggerhead Key, uh, and I've never seen such crystal cl clear blue water before. And uh, so you can actually check out some of that stuff on our Facebook and Instagram page, and you can see some of just the just the, the purity associated with with that particular uh, key at the Dry Tortugas. It's, it's pretty incredible. That's awesome. Yeah. I think what we need to do. Um is we'll, we'll do a blog on Nordic Ed site and somebody can just type in Key West and you'll be able to find it on our blog site because uh, we're talking about all these places and, and everybody's sitting there going, well, where the hell is that? Where the hell is that? So we'll, we'll put a blog up with some um, Google My Maps or something like that and everybody will be able to see where all these locations are. So um, 
So don't worry about trying to remember everything that we're talking about here. Um, just listen up. All right, Karen. Yeah. Well, one of the coolest things that you definitely want to remember is uh, if you do end up going out to the Dr. Uh, uh the Windjammer shipwreck is something that you just can't pass up because uh, it's like right out of a, a Pirates of the Caribbean movie, uh, like a ghost ship uh, wreckage that you can circle on. You don't even have to scuba dive. It's really cool. Um, the wrecks from, I think it's from the 1930s. It was one of the one of the last tall ships in the world world and a uh, navigational air center on to the reef and she's very very much intact uh, uh not not fully but definitely at where you can see the bow and you can see the spars and you start making out this ship and uh, the sea life is incredible so you've just got this awesome shipwreck and this amazing sea life and you can just pull your sailboat right up to it hook onto a mooring buoy and just dive right in so uh unbeatable it's just really cool and uh one of the uh, one of the ways that one of the things that's pretty cool also um, before we leave the Dr. Tugas is watching the seaplanes. So uh, the you can you can take a private yacht, you can take a ferry, or you can take a seaplane, and those are your three options of getting to the Dr. Tugas. And it's pretty cool because not a lot of people get to be around seaplanes a lot, but it's really fascinating to watch them land and take off, and they land and take off right in the anchorage. So uh, it's pretty cool. You have these seaplanes. Uh, flying right in between the masts and doing all this cool stuff. So everyone always loves that. And as everybody knows, the pecking order of uh, giveaway rules, a seaplane is very last, right? They have to give away to everybody. <laughs> unless unless they don't have any engines, then everybody has to give away to them. Uh, that would make sense. That would make sense. Yeah. I've, uh, I've, I've come across some sailing and I've, I've I, had to, I was like, wait a minute, who has the right of way? <laughs> <laughs> yep, seaplanes uh, don't. They're at last. Yeah, that's good to know. That's, that's, what, I, that's what I've heard too. Um, All right. All right, well, let's move on to um, sort of the next. So, so that, that's like a good five-day to seven-day itinerary, right? Out to the Dry Tortugas and yeah. a few places on the way back, right? So um, so if you're going to bear boat, we'll wrap that one up. So if you're going to bear boat um, and you're very experienced, um, you can go out to the Dry Tortugas, do lots of stops along the way, do lots of snorkeling, just have an awesome time. Um, or if you're not so experienced, it doesn't matter. Uh, just grab uh, one of the captains that, that uh, Blue Sail make available. Hopefully you get Tyler or Jack or one of the other really good guys. And I've met all the captains down there. They're all fantastic guys. So um, grab one of those and, and take your family out and, and off you go and just be prepared for an amazing uh, experience. So, all right, what about something a little, um, you know, that you could still bear boat. You're not quite that experienced, but you're still, you know, you're still really good um, or... Uh, you want to stay a little bit closer and do a, little, a few more restaurants and things along the way and that kind of stuff. Yes, we've got, the, there's a couple of packages that, a couple of itineraries that we suggest really ranging from two to four days primarily. Um, and, and we'll focus a little bit mostly on the water for now and then we'll, we'll kind of get into some of the land-based opportunities. But again, when you leave the Keys, when you leave the marina, uh, where we're at, Stock Island Marina Village, uh, again, it's all uninhabited marine sanctuary. So the, the only places to stop along the way are the actual uh, uh, uninhabited islands along the way. So there's a handful of islands that uh, overlap in going to the Dry Tortugas for between two and four days. So, for example, the Marquesas piece, uh, which has Mooney Harbor, which is right in the middle. Now, it's not a harbor you think of with restaurants and boats. It's 
it's uh, I believe I recall it's an old uh, meteorite uh, crash site, uh, and Tyler may be able to correct my history on that I've, one. But I've looked into this, and I found out that uh, there's no scientific evidence that actually supports that claim. So I'm gonna I'm gonna theorize that it's a local uh, folklore. So it could, so that's, that, you know what, I'm going, Wikipedia told me that, so. <laughs> it does, no, Wikipedia says that, it's true, but, uh, but other but you than Wikipedia, <laughs> The point is, it's perfectly ahead. round, right, that's what you're saying? It's perfectly round, yeah, it looks very much like a crater, so it's, uh, that is yeah. one of the theories of its, of its origin. And, uh, it's a really cool spot, though, because it's only, like, 20, 25 miles away, uh, and it's a great spot to to stay overnight for one or two nights. And we've got the harbor in the middle, and, um, and and you can go to some of the other locations as well. Like like Tyler mentioned, Boca Grande Key. We talked about San Key Lighthouse uh, is a, is a, on the way there. I believe Tyler, you mentioned Rock Key as well when we were talking about yeah. the Tortu itinerary. So you get a lot of those same destinations uh, along the way, uh, but just in a little bit shorter period of time because you're you're lopping off that back 40 miles and you're staying a little bit more, uh, more near shore. Um, and you also have the, the Vandenberg shipwreck. Tyler, do, is that a, uh, I've actually never been out to the Vandenberg shipwreck. Is that a dive site or can you snorkel that as well? Yeah, good question. I was just out actually out there on the charter uh, a couple weeks ago and um, it's definitely, uh, you know, conditions allowing uh, to go there. There can, there can be, it's, 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 it's definitely offshore uh in 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 open ocean so it's got to be calm um but it's really cool yeah basically there's this i can't remember the exact specs on the ship but it was an old navy communication ship so quite large definitely in the in you know 500 feet or something i'm not exactly sure but it's sunk down and i sit i think it sits in about 160 feet of water and then it uh, the highest point of the ship it's smokestacker antenna comes to about 50 feet below the surface so you can actually free dive it um, on clear days, I was actually out a few weeks ago and the water's just been so clear. I could look down and, uh, I could see the, the everything. I could see the entire ship. Um, it was really awesome. So I was watching scuba divers and doing some free diving. Uh, my guests had a great time. They thought it was a really cool stop. And, um, so depends what the conditions are though. Sometimes there's a ripping current. And then after the Vandenberg, um, you know, we're usually on our way to a couple, there's a few really awesome races. Um, we're going to go out and do, you know, we were talking about one of the, one of, one of the most common trips I do other than the, uh, the Dr. Tugas trip with people who want to do a little bit more sailing is, you know, the three days of sailing. So that's really where we get to spend some really quality time with the Marquesas and the, and Boca Grande keys. Um, and then we get to spend our time, uh, you know, enjoying our, our trip there, like making stops at the Vandenberg and the reefs, um, so like I said before, Boca Grande Key is the closest key that we visit to uh, Key West. And it's absolutely beautiful. It's a, it's a really protected anchorage, so we can pretty much ride out any sort of weather system that's going on there, and, and it's calm, and, and um, the, the island offers a lot of protection, so really awesome. And uh, we pulled right up into this island, this little uh, harbor, and the island is, has this really nice sand beach uh, it can be a little popular sometimes, so sometimes we do have to share the beach with a few locals um, during the day, but by the evening time, it's just, we usually have it to ourselves, maybe another cruising boat or two. Um, but there's just really great sandbars. There's mangrove tunnel to, to stand up paddleboard through, which is always a hit. Um, lots of bird life, 
and really spectacular uh, setup to see the sunset. So basically sitting on the boat and then uh, the beach is to your left and the sunset's off to the right and it doesn't get better than that. So everybody's always really loving that. You know what I love most about uh, Boca Grande, uh, and and actually the first uh, the, when I first came to Key West, uh, I hired Tyler uh, as my captain, and, and uh, we went out uh, on a uh, on a monohull out to Boca Grande. It was my first time, and I loved going to sleep to a, you know a beautiful, famous Key West sunset, um, and having a nice a nice breeze coming in through the hatches all night long, super peaceful, super quiet. But what's really cool is you're only like. Uh, they're only 14 or 15 miles away from Key West, but you don't have light pollution for the most part. Uh, and you don't, because you're, you're, the, the anchorage is on the west side of the island and Key West is to the east of where this is. So you don't really get a lot of the light pollution from, uh, from Key West. Uh, you definitely don't get any noise pollution. And my favorite part is by and large, no cell phones work. So you are, it's totally peaceful and you wake up the next morning with the sun so you see the sun rise to your east just after you go to sleep and see the sun set to your, to your west. And um, it, it's so peaceful just sitting out on the deck and having a cup of coffee while the sun comes up. And it's just, you know, before, uh, before a lot of the folks get there for the day, which is usually around 11 a.m. or so. And it's just, it's peaceful. There, there's, you, don't, you hear nothing but the water. Uh, there's a lot of birds out there and, and the waves. And, and that's it. And so, Scott, the word that you used a lot there was peaceful so i think um this is the reason that you quit your corporate job and started a, a yacht charter company right and moved down yeah, to the yeah, West. Uh, yeah. tyler convinced me i said man i love this so much and and every day for months he, he called me <laughs> wouldn't you like this to be part of your life full time and eventually eventually he's laughing he knows it's true eventually i i, I acquiesced and i said all right fine i'll 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 live an incredible, peaceful life down in Cuba. <laughs> and so, and so, um, you're right now. You're in the throes of moving uh, full time from Chicago, right down to uh, Key West. I am. I am. We spent the first couple of years of the business just building it out and making sure that it was scalable and and, and that and that you know it could it could take the brunt of uh, you know big market shifts like a pandemic, for example. <laughs> and uh, and once we realized that we could make it through a pandemic, we were, you know what, this is a real business. And so we're we're now 100% focused. I'll be moving there. I'll be driving there, I think, in 11 days as the first phase of my move. And, uh, um, you know, by the middle of the winter, we'll be 100% dedicated and uh, it's going to be it's going to be great. But we don't want everybody moving to Key West, right, Scott? No, <laughs> we, we want them to come visit. We just want them to come down and visit. And, yeah, and then expanding go home, right? Yeah. <laughs> all right, and Tyler, you um, so you've 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 bounced all over the place. You've been up in Maine, um, uh, running a sailing school up there, and then you're down also in Key West, and, and you switch switcheroo, right? Yeah, yeah, it's been fun. Uh, uh, one of the cool things about this. This industry is the sailing opportunities. You never know where it's going to take you. But yeah, I, I spent a lot of time in the summer up in Maine, uh, up in Portland, Maine, and then uh, down here the rest of the year primarily. Um, but then uh, even uh, even just last week, I was teaching sailing in uh, St. Simon's Island, Georgia. So oh, nice. lots of fun. Nice. So um, and so, let's jump to that real quick. We you know we'll, we'll, we'll come back to Key West. But um, so Tyler, you're a, a sailing instructor. Yeah. 
and um, we've been out together on the boat. You're awesome. And um, I, when I was introducing you to a whole Nordic Ed program, and and um, so um, what do you like about instructing? Why are you an instructor? Um, I know you can do anything, um, but what are you doing? What are you doing instructing? Yeah, good question. Um, you know, it's it wasn't what I set out to do when I first started sailing, but I just loved it so much, and uh, not sure exactly where the idea came from. I think I was actually. Uh, kind of got the idea from Bernard Matessier, who's, for those of you who don't know, is a famous French sailor. He was he was in the Golden Globe race, is what he's well known for, which was the first nonstop solo sail around the world. Um, he didn't win because he decided that he was, that would ruin uh, kind of the, uh, the spiritual quest he set out for. So he turned around and then kept sailing halfway around the world again solo. So it was kind of a one of the figures in, in my in my sailing career that kind of inspired me to 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 uh, keep going and and um, you know live a life of adventure. So, um, but yeah, Bernard Matessier had had started us. You know, this was the '60s, so it was a lot more casual. You know, he just basically said he had a sailing school and took cash and all that stuff. So it kind of inspired me to uh, to do that, and uh, it was a it was a fun and long learning curve because it's not the 1960s anymore. You know, I had to learn how to run a business and 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 pay taxes and answer emails and keep all that stuff organized while i was trying to do a sailing school so it was really uh it was cool it, it changed my life um i had never ran a business before and, and uh um it was fun to open a sailing school and all of a sudden have uh customers uh showing up and teaching them sailing and and you know the thing about this industry you know when you say the word customers it's not like you know, it's not like people that you sell bubblegum to and then they leave. I mean, these are people that you develop relationships with and these are people who become your friends and these are people who are looking to you for advice uh, about boats, but sometimes about life because, um, you know, sailing is, a, is a, especially if you're taking a boat ownership, I mean, that's a life decision and they, they're, they're looking to you as a guide to help them so they don't do it wrong, you know, by the wrong boat or... or uh, so it's really cool you get to... Uh, live with people for an extended period of time and get to know so much about them. So I, I'm always saying that the best part of the job is actually, it's not the sailing, it's the people. Yeah, um, I agree with that. I was out on the boat yesterday and um, just took some friends out. And uh, one of the girls on the boat, uh, she's got the helm and I'm just sort of showing her a few things. And she looks at me and says, um, okay, I want you to uh, promise that you're going to teach me how to sail. And I was like, you know, that's really cool, right? She didn't, we didn't have to happen that way. She could have just said, okay, that's, you know, it was a good day, but she said, no, nope, you, I'm, I'm going to make you do a promise. So now nice. I, and uh, I said, yes, I couldn't help it. I mean, what are you going to do? Say no. <laughs> <laughs> so now I have to teach her how to sail, but you know, she could hold a straight course um, really easy. So first part of the job is done, right? Yeah. I was going to say that's, that's my more, maybe even more than the first part of the job. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, one of the things, you know, when I, because I, when I hired Tyler you know, several years ago, uh, I had just purchased my own boat, brand new boat. Uh, and I realized after my delivery sale, uh, which included uh, having a very close relationship with the corner of the dock on the way in the first time, that I was a little over my head. Uh, so that's actually why I hired Tyler. I was like, you know what? I'm not as competent as I should be. Uh, and I came down to Key West and hired him as my sailing instructor. And, you know, when he talks about making uh, relationships and getting advice on life and uh, that whole list of things he listed off, uh, we could probably do a case study on me uh, alone. Uh, 
that, uh, you know, it, it, it really is life changing, especially when it's when you've purchased your own boat or you're, or you're looking to make sailing part of your lifestyle to have the captain that you hire also be an accredited sailing instructor is a huge be- uh, bonus and a huge benefit um, when when you're chartering a boat. Well, I know we had a lot of fun um, unhooking that net off the anchor, Tyler, when we were down there, right? So, that was pretty close. That was in the in the marina. That was dark water too, nasty dark water. And Tyler's like, "Okay, I'm just going over the side, and I'm going to go down the bottom and unhook the net from the anchor." That was that was pretty. Yeah, we, pretty we found we found out that net that net had to be at least 70, 80 years old. I mean, it 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 had been sitting there for forever. I mean, since it was a small fishing village years and years and years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, if you're going to go uh, and have Tyler as a as a captain uh, and as an instructor, then uh, you, you're in good hands there. I know that. Uh, so, um, all right. Um, should we talk a little bit more about Key West? Some of the other locations. You can go north a little bit if you want to, right? Um, rather than heading straight out south, is that there's a few locations up north? Yeah, there, there's a. It's if you go north along the Keys, it it gets a little bit more challenging. You definitely get some shallows up there, but you also have uh, power lines. And depending on the boat you're going up and 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 the tide on that particular day, uh, sometimes you can get in and sometimes you can't. Um, so I think uh, I think we've had guests that have gone up as far as uh, Marathon. I think that's happened a couple of times uh, where they will get get in through Marathon. And of course, you can go all the way up to you know Isla Morada and Key Largo and all the way up to Miami and Fort Lauderdale. We don't see that as often. Um, we typically see as far as Marathon, uh, sometimes Boca Chica, there's a sandbar uh, just outside of the marina, probably, I think maybe a, maybe a mile at the most, yeah, up the um, which is a great spot to drop the hook and, and watch a sunset on your way in from a charter, which a lot of folks will do. Um, if they get to the marina early, they'll just go a little further. They'll stop at Boca Chica, drop the anchor, watch an amazing uh, Key West sunset, and then once the sun's down, you you hook back around, and in ten minutes, you're you're inside the marina. Right. Awesome. 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 And so people come down, they can uh, chart off the your boats for with a captain for a couple of days, three days, four days, five days, um, pretty much whatever they want, right? Yeah. They. You know, our program is really unique because we. What we do is a lot of charter operators will, will charter by the week or they'll say five days or seven days or 10 days and you pay the whole time for the rate, whatever it is, a thousand, twelve hundred bucks a day. Uh, we do it a little bit differently because the keys, it's, it, it's, a, it's a captive island chain and there's so much to do both on land and at sea. So what we'll do is we, we'll actually sell the boat when it's at the dock and you're using it basically as a liveaboard uh, at the dock at our marina we charge a fraction of the rates that you can actually go enjoy downtown, uh, downtown Key West. And you can, you can go up the key, drive up the keys. You know, there's Bahia Honda park, which I believe is a state park, if I recall, which is a beautiful, beautiful destination. Um, and then there's, there's also, um, uh, various parks in Key West itself and beaches, but there's also very historic, uh, uh, locations in Key West that people love to visit when they're on land. You've got, uh, the southernmost point, which uh, which most people know as as uh, you know the big colorful, um, uh, what what is that thing called? Oh, buoy. <laughs> yeah, it's a concrete buoy. Concrete buoy. But it, it's like a concrete buoy on land. But you get a lot of pictures of folks at the southernmost point. 
you've got Hemingway House, uh, of course, from Ernest Hemingway is a really cool spot. I did Everyone's Hemingway always... House. It was awesome. It was re Don't miss the Hemingway House if you go to uh, Key West. It was really, really good. Really good. Yeah. Just the uh, cats. Yeah, the six six uh, <laughs> foot six toed cats. Yep. 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 Everyone always always asks about the cats and how many toes do they actually have. So you, you're gonna have oh, to go to the Hemingway find out for sure the butterfly um, you got the butterfly garden right there yeah yeah and the mel fisher museum that's my favorite oh that yeah that is outstanding the, yeah. the, anything mel fisher is really uh, really really cool in key west um and then you've got uh, you've got uh what else i'm thinking like restaurants like very historic bars like the green parrot is a really good one um there's a new bar in town uh, well they're semi-new i think they're called it's called tutus it's very small uh, but it's it's really kind of a neat environment with a lot of you know disco lights and things like that and really interesting drinks. They have a uh, they have a chocolate uh, martini there that I'm not a martini guy, but every <laughs> time I'm there I will grab a chocolate martini. Um, I think they have a Snickers martini there too, if I recall. Um, so that's a a cool spot. And then you've also got uh, there's actually places at our marina that are also really great spots that are walking distance from the boat. So you have Salty Oyster Bar. Uh, you've got uh, Matt's Stock Island Kitchen, which is a little bit of a step up, but still very casual, all right there at the marina. Uh, great service, phenomenal food. Uh, and then you've got kind of more of a local style place, which is on the other side of our marina called Hogfish. Um, Tyler took me there the very, very first time I came into town for dinner. Uh, I'll never forget their fish dip because that's what he suggested. And, and I never liked fish dip until I went to Hogfish with Tyler. So. Uh, now I'll always get always get the fish dip uh, from yeah. there. Uh, are there any other uh, land-based activities or restaurants that, that I that I'm sort of drawing a blank off of more? But I, I'm sure you've never. I, I think some of our guests are more adventurous. Guests should know we have a, a pretty fun jumping bridge just about fifth minute drive north of here. It's called the Jumping Bridge. <laughs> so if you're feeling young and you want to jump off a bridge into the water, there we go. I'm sure uh, there's a sign there that says no jumping, right? They, I, you know, I don't, I'm not sure. I haven't been there in a while. And I think they kind of accept it. <laughs> so, uh, the feeling I get, I think it's been kind of a landmark. Maybe that will change. So uh, we'll All see. Right. So I think what we're talking about really for this whole thing is look, Key West is a really good uh, destination to get on an airplane and just go down to, or, or even drive there and just have the time of your life. Like maybe take two weeks um, down there, do, do four or five days um, out on the boat, uh, going out dry tortugas, experience the snorkeling and, and eat fish on the boat and have a professional captain or do a bare boat um, and just really enjoy you know all the wrecks and everything like that. And then come back, come back to the marina um, at, at Stock Island and, and go visit Key West and just hang out and do some restaurants and museums and butterfly garden and things like that and then um you can even like the perry hotel where that that's right in the marina that's a real fancy um hotel and you can maybe you know do the last day or two days just sort of clean up in the hotel and then you know back to your dreary job after that but um i didn't i didn't mean to say that i just said it but um. and you actually pointed out something that i forgot to mention the, the perry hotel so in addition to having a handful of restaurants and bars uh, when you book with Blue Sail at Stock Island Marina, it's actually all part of the same company. So the Perry and the Marina are all the same company. So when you book with us, you get free access to, of course, all the bars and restaurants, but the fitness center, 
there's two pools, there's an event space, there's cornhole, uh, there's hammock gardens now that they, uh, they've created a couple little hammock gardens all over the property. So when you get back and after you take a shower, you want to go grab a book and just relax in a hammock, you just go grab a hammock or go to the pool and just hang out and you get access to all of that stuff at, at no additional charge. So it's, it's really a, a phenomenal place to, to, to charter from because you get all, everything about charter that everyone loves and, and you get an amazing resort and access to downtown Key West and all those restaurants and bars and, and places to go. Yeah, uh, it's really everything packed into a small little tiny island chain. Yeah, downtown Key West. You got you got to walk the whole um, thing. It's just real fun and just a lot going on. Okay, I've got a couple of things to um, details to wrap up. So, water temperature varies throughout the year. From what to what? It 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 goes. Uh, <clears throat> obviously, it's always it's always on the warm side. The winter does get a little on the chilly sometimes. When the when when the wind blows strong from the north, it blows all that old Gulf of uh, Mexico water down here, but it really, you don't really see it get below 74 degrees. Okay. So uh, cold in Key West is actually the warmest it'll ever get in many places. Right. So um, that's the water temperature, right? So 74, 74 water temperature in the winter. Um, what will it get uh, up to in the summertime? It gets up to 90 degrees in the summertime. The water 90 temperature? 90 degrees? Yeah, 90 <gasps> degrees. So Whoa. it can be high 80s or low 90. It's definitely 90 by shore. It'll even be... Uh, I think let's see a few weeks ago it was out in the surface temp i think 92. what so yeah. <laughs> on the surface it'll it'll get a little cooler down down low but where the sensor is for the uh on the through hall for the yep. water temp is uh close to the surface so yeah sometimes it can it can be warm and um so okay so best time of the year to go with a nice 15 knot breeze to you know get you out to the tortugas under sail what's the best time of the year yeah, I think that um, fall, like right now, in the, especially November and December, is really great. And I think that also um, uh, March, April, and May are really awesome months as well. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of people don't think about, uh, they think, oh, summertime, the keys are shut down, though it's too hot. And it's not really the case. A lot of people are, are missing out. Uh, June, July, August, couldn't be better. It's, uh, those, that's actually my favorite season down here. But yeah, then sometimes you don't get the breeze. So definitely June, May, yep. those are big months for 15 knots of wind and good temps. All right. Um, and then so training and, and schooling. If somebody wants to um, come down and they want to get uh, maybe upgrade to a catamaran um, for their training, um, for their knowledge, um, you, you guys just got a fantastic school, I know. But let's uh, just touch on that really quickly. Yeah, so, so historically, in the past year or so, we've been focusing mostly on monohull sailing. But uh, here, actually, in the next month or so, we're going to be launching uh, the Nauticate Catamaran Endorsement uh, Training Clinics. Uh, and they will range uh, anywhere from three days uh, to seven days. And, and they'll include uh, places like the Dry Tortugas and the Marquesas Keys, for example. Um, and uh, we'll be training on all of our boats, both the Helia 44 as well as the Lucia's. And then uh, hopefully we'll be getting a couple more uh, sailing catamarans in the next six months or so. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's it's training on the cats, of course, and then the differences between the cats and, and the monohulls. Um, but it's also mile building and, and, and getting that experience. A lot of folks will come down to us that say, hey, you know, I've uh, I, I've got, you know, I've got 150 days of sailing, but they're all on monohulls and we really want to understand or do a differences type of training on the cats because in a year i'd like to take my family to the med uh, i'd like to take my family to the caribbean and do a catamaran 
uh, bare boat uh, sailing vacation. Uh, and we get a lot of that, especially this past, you know, six to eight months or so is people are preparing for vacations elsewhere and, uh, and, and, and they don't or can't leave the U.S. and, and, and we're an ideal destination because you're going to learn, uh, you're going to learn a lot on the cats, you know, good weather sailing, bad weather sailing, underwater hazards and shoals and shipwrecks and, and, uh, navigation aids. Some of them work, some of them don't. And so you really get the whole nine yards when, when you come down to do training on our cats. Yeah, no, that's perfect. And and I personally have been down and met your instructors and I can vouch for every one of them. They're fantastic. So, um, all right. I think we should go for a wrap on this one. Um, anybody got anything else to uh, yabber on at, at all? Your silence is think. your answer. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, we've, we've covered, we've covered so much, you know, I think, uh, it, it, you know, with Key West, the one thing I'll end with is, uh, and I was doing another podcast a couple months ago, and, and um, the one thing that we're noticing, especially now during the pandemic, is and, and Americans aren't really traveling outside the U.S. because they can't or they don't want to, and people are experiencing Key West for the very first time and not realizing, uh, as an American, what really truly is right in your backyard. Uh, you know, our, our friend Wiley that I mentioned before, he lives up in the Miami-Fort Lauderdale area which is only about three to four hour drive. And he had never been out to the dry Tortugas or sailed out of the Keys. Uh, and he came back from the trip and he could not believe it's been in his backyard this entire time. Uh, and, and he never even knew it. Uh, and they're already planning their next trip down. And we're getting a lot of families like that now who are looking for family vacations uh, and getting away, but being safe and, and being able to social distance. Uh, and they're looking at the Keys the first time instead of looking at places, uh, you know, in Europe or in Asia or in the Caribbean. And uh, we've already got a bunch of folks that came down for the first time in the last couple of months. And, and they're already scheduling to come back this winter and, and uh, over spring break. So uh, yeah. we're really uh, we're really excited to see a lot of those folks uh, check us out for the first time. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And, and even uh, when the pandemic's over next week, um, we still want people to <laughs> still, still still this is exactly the point right during the pandemic yep. people found out about key west and it's a you're, you're solidly booked out so um people are enjoying it and coming back so um you know when it's all over don't forget about key west get get down there it's it's simple to get to and um you know what a great place so yeah and you know um use it maybe as your first uh, time you've been on a catamaran or your first sailing destination um, with your family um, and then go back again and do some training and, and get up and running on it and so that you can start to really develop your resume uh, so that if you're going to go somewhere else, um, you're, you're fully trained and know what you're doing. And, and the key word that we always use at Nordic Ed is competence, right? Right, Tyler? That's right. That's absolutely right. Yep. Okay, let's go for a wrap. Um, thanks, guys, so much for talking about Key West. And I'm pretty sure everybody would be happy that they listen to this podcast just learning what's in their backyard. Thanks for having us. Yep. Yeah, thanks, Grant. Yep. Thanks, guys. Ciao, bye. See ya. Bye-bye.